Hello, and welcome to the ninth dose of Magic for Realists. I'm Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to celebrate and spread and highlight the magic I've found in everyday life. I want to share what I like to call the poetry of existence in hopes that some tricks I found along the way will be of interest and inspiration and assistance to you. Thanks for listening. This dose is called How We Met, and in it, I want to share a few stories of how I met people, how I met friends, lovers, connections, and because I've been feeling this week this kind of open-hearted nostalgia, like I've been putting my hand on my chest quite often, like where... I'm in the center of my ribs where my heart would be, or where my heart is. And feeling this softness and amazement for the people currently and previously in my life. And feeling kind of like they never go away. That the people who have been alongside me in life continue to be a part of me. And I've been thinking about how it is that these people come in and out of my life. And just feeling pretty amazed. Um, and I've also been asked, how do you meet people? And so I thought, yeah, how do I meet people? Um, so I'm going to tell you some stories. And the first one is because my neighbor and I, I've parked my little tiny trailer home at a friend's land. And... He lives on the same property. His name's Chris. And we were having dinner together the other night. And he was recounting a story of um, just a friendly encounter in town with somebody this week. And I just said, that's kind of the same reason we met. Because about seven or eight years ago, I was working at a coffee shop. And Chris rode his bike. Uh, It's about probably... 30 kilometers from where he lives he still lives in the same place that he lived then to the coffee shop where I was working and and I must have been friendly I must have said hi while I was making coffee for him and enough that that when I saw him another time in a bike shop I recognized him and we got to talking we went for a bike ride he made me birthday cake and it developed into a friendship that I wouldn't expect in that, you know, we weren't living in this exact same area. He's a lot older than me and we haven't had no friends in common at the time. And then fast forward to a year and a half ago, I, I needed a place to stay back in the Valley and that's the area where I live. And, um, I just messaged him and said, Hey, do you know of anywhere to rent in the area? And he said, uh, no, but I, I had somebody park a trailer at my property once, like, is that of interest? And through an, a remarkably small number of messages, we arranged that I would come stay here. And I don't think either of us knew how long that would be at the time. I've been here for a year and a half now. And I'm so grateful that I get to park my house here. Um, we don't see each other that often. We just kind of have this like friendly, 
you know, I see his light on, I know he's okay, he sees my light on, knows I'm okay, we get to coordinate on a garden with very little hassle, and I'm like, wow, this is because, because we were both friendly in what would otherwise just be a, like, hey, the coffee is 275 interaction, and I think he's inspiring in that way because that's how he operates in the world that he's he doesn't see strangers as far away but as yeah as people who are worth smiling at so another I was in customer I was in customer service is that the right phrase I worked in customer service for a long time I sort of still do and I'm so grateful for those years because I feel like I developed my spidey sense of, on like first impression, who would be worth, or or who there's like a, a spark of something with. And yes, I mean like sexual attraction, but I also mean like any kind of attraction, like that spark between people of like interest, like, oh, what's there? And all these stories are about noticing that spark and acting just a little bit on it. And and sometimes it goes nowhere. As in, it just goes to a smile and have a nice day. But sometimes, with one more question, there's a friendship or a lovership or a business connection or something to be born um, just from the little spark. When I was working at a consignment sports store, I was, I was probably super clumsy in my friendliness. I was learning how to flirt and I was 22, I think, and less graceful than I am now. (laughs) And, uh, but that was okay. And so I remember this guy came in and I had to take his uh, sort of like contact information for the consignment stuff. And he said where he lived. It was an area that I really like. And so I just said so. I just like, I really like the area where you live. And I think I should come visit. Like, okay, granted, I feel like because I'm a woman, I move through meeting people with a lot more ease because socially it's considered less creepy if I, quote, come on to somebody with like an advance, sexual or otherwise. And that feels like a privilege. I hope that as society becomes kinder and, um, yeah, less genderfied, I guess, that um, men get to enjoy that same privilege of just blatantly saying when they like somebody or want to do something together. Um, yeah, I just, that's such a, such a disadvantage that that's been perceived as uh, troubling and maybe has been for a lot of women. Anyways, I have the luxury of getting to be blunt. So I said, Hey, I really like your area. Can I come over? <laughs> and I don't think I knew at the time what spark I was acting on. Um, I don't think I I honed my 
sense of whether things were, what kind of attraction it was. Um, and, and sometimes I wonder if there's like a destiny involved that is the, the catalyst for these sparks, because looking back, it sure seems like there is. Uh, anyways, I went a few months later, I went over to his place and he wasn't there. He was like at his neighbor's house. So I got to see his little cabin without him in it. And I looked in the window and I had this profound feeling like it was my house. I remember thinking, oh, this is unfortunate. He's living in my house. Like I need to live here. I was like, I fell in love with a building and it was off the grid and extremely rustic. And I'd never lived somewhere like that before, but it called to me. (laughs) And yeah, I basically like told him that I wanted to live in his house if he ever moved out. And he did about six months later and I moved right in (laughs) completely presumptuously. Um, yeah. And I think like that, that shaped my life so deeply. I ended up spending three years in that cabin and I learned about how to kill mice. And I was so excited when I finally put down plywood on the floor instead of it being a dirt floor. And I learned to feel the moon and I learned that I'm often wide awake on full moon nights and I learned how to build fires and I got off depression medication and the, the list just goes on of what that place taught me. So it's like, that's how I met that cabin was because of a smile in a sports store. The reason I ended up working in the sports store was because I picked up a price tag. I was in there shopping and I had previously worked at a different consignment store and consignment stores rely on the number on the price tag to like identify because each garment is specific and is linked to the person who consigned it. Um, the price tags are very important. And I knew this from working different stores. So if price tag on the floor is bad news. It means there's an unidentified garment that somebody's going to want to get compensated for. And so I picked up the price tag and I said to who appeared to be the store owner, Hey, just wanted to give you this. I know it's important. And he's offhandedly said, Oh, Hey, thanks. Do you want a job? And I, I actually just looked back at him and said, well, maybe like, tell me more. And I ended up getting hired because I actually allowed that. I mean, I think he might've been joking, but I allowed that little spark of a question to actually take a little bit of root and think, yeah. And it was a great job. And they can, they were so supportive to me as a, you know, transitioning 22 year old of trying to figure out what it was to be an adult and moving out and, and moving away and breaking up and not wanting to break up and like all the turmoil of being 22. They were good people. And I'm so grateful I picked up that price tag. <laughs> Because I don't think I would have thought I could work at a sports store otherwise. While I was working at the coffee shop, a man came in with a really nice leather satchel, which is now sitting in my cupboard. 
And that was about seven years ago. I'm trying to do the math quick in my head. It's probably more like eight. And I said, nice bag. (laughs) He said, thanks, I made it. (laughs) And we got to talking. And I got his phone number. Also, tip, if you're meeting people for a date or any other thing, if at all possible, you get their phone number, not the other way around. Because if you give them their phone, your phone number, which I realize is like maybe less invasive, but then chances are they're not going to call you back. Like it's, it's just rare that people have the gumption to connect with a stranger. And so try and get their phone number because then the gumption rests on you, which is where you want it to be if you want it to happen. So, um, you can exchange like phone numbers both ways, but if you just give them your phone number, you're probably not going to hear from them. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyways, and probably like five months later, we ended up sail. I ended up living on his sailboat for like nine months and had a crazy epic. Our relationship was epic or mythic is maybe even a better word. It felt like there was something I needed to explore with him, both psychologically and relationally and like physically where we went on the boat. And it's probably one of the connections I feel the most um, kind of like destiny around. Like, yeah, it was just so important that we met, which I could probably say of all these friendships. And <clears throat> and I'm really glad that when we parted ways, I ended up with the leather bag <laughs> because it's just, it's so great to have the object that started it. And I just sit here thinking, wow, like life is pretty amazing. Yeah. In the same coffee shop. So if you want to meet people, work at a coffee shop. I think that's the moral of this story. <laughs> um, or frequent a coffee shop. Yeah. There's something about being a regular somewhere that helps you meet people. If you have, yeah, if you go to the same places, then that's one way to meet people. The same coffee shop. There's also this theme of biking. I meet people because I'm a cyclist. Um, these guys came in with helmets on. First one, and then he told his friend about the great coffee, and then the friend came back. And the friend had a great mustache. And because of my skills of this sort of spark detection, we'll call it, I I liked him. And I was like, oh, this is a good guy. So I told him about my favorite camping spot, which I didn't relate to many people, but he's on a cycling trip, so he's obviously a good guy. And then uh, we exchanged phone numbers in case they got lost on the way to the secret camping spot. And they invited me over, and I didn't go. And and then, this was probably, again, maybe eight years ago, when I wasn't texting very much. And... Uh, Mark and I ended up texting this question of 
what do you make? And the way that we both answered the question was, was like code for, I understand you and we're kindred spirits. It's like, I just, we just understood, I'm sure at the time it was like, oh, we get, we get this. Um, and I was so grateful for that friendship. We ended up, I went over to, I went to visit him and, uh, we made these wonderful hats and then I've kept visiting him every, anywhere from a few months to a few years. And we just have one of those friendships that picks up where it left off and our creative, um, uh, synergy is really fun and so special to me. And I just think it took two people being a little bit open to, yes, a stranger to just, you know, ask a question, send another message and dare to send the real answer of what we actually make. And yeah, it's just, again, such a gift to have, uh, to have met and to continue. Like the amazing thing is that some friendships only last for a little while. Another one is with a woman I met at a, at a conference and you know, those people, when you see them and you're like, you sort of have this recognition that they're like you. And sometimes it sparks this huge rush of jealousy. Like you just, all your animal sense kind of like rears its head. Cause you know that they're like so similar to you. Like you're taking the same place in the almost like there's not enough territory big enough for both of you. <laughs> this feeling can either turn into like an arch enemy or a friendship. It seems it gets, it can kind of seem to go either way. So, uh, yeah, in this case, I'm like, I'm in this little tent and outside the tent. So I had noticed her like on the first day of the the conference workshop thing. And I'm like, whoa, I've got this feeling about her. And we'll call her Sarah. And, uh, yeah. And anyways, I hear her talking outside my tent. And turns out she's recounting one of her past lovers. And by the the description, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I know this person. Not only do I know this person, but I had a fling with him at a music festival. And I'm like, shit, like this, I was right. Like this is, this person is my rival. Like we've actually had the same lover, but we're not currently competing over any lovers as far as I know. And, uh, and like, what am I going to do with this information? Like she doesn't know that I had this fling, but I know that she, anyways, I poked my head out the tent in some too brave moment. And I was like, Hey, Sarah, um, are you talking about this guy with this tattoo on his arm? <laughs> Watch out. If you got tattoos, you're more easily recognizable, even in short, even after short encounters. And, uh, yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, yeah. And so I explained, oh, I, and I probably softened it a little bit at first because I wasn't sure how she was going to take it. I said, oh, 
I met him at a music festival a few years ago and he's really lovely. And she's like, I know, isn't he great? <laughs> we bonded over the fact that we have a similar taste in men. And it became a friendship for probably six to nine months of predominantly voice notes, sending voice notes back and forth. And she, her friendship helped me through an incredibly hard transition because I could tell her anything and I could tell her, I could cry, I could swear, I could tell her my everything. And there was this strange intimacy through text, uh, through voice notes with this woman who I, we just felt so, so much of a, yeah, similarity. And then it faded and I haven't been in touch with her for ages. And, and I'm not sure if it's ever going to come back. It feels like it might've just been for that time that I hope I helped her because she helped me incredibly. And even now, as I speak to you in a voice format, I think my friendship with Sarah helped, helped that. Like, it's one of the reasons I feel comfortable speaking like this and having a connection. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to give you two more. Or maybe, uh, let's do three more and make it nine, since this is the ninth dose. Craigslist is a strange place. Craigslist, for those of you who don't know, is like an internet buy-sell trade, kind of. It's super basic in its format, like it's nothing fancy as far as what it looks like and how it operates. But anybody can post on it and say something you've got for sale or for offer. And... It's like a community notice board, but on the internet. And there's areas, so I can look in another area or the area where I live. And I can look for free stuff, or that's how I bought my car. Uh, You can look for places to rent. There used to be a personal section, but they've taken it out. So now people try and disguise their personal posts in other sections. (laughs) Of course, that was inevitable. And um, you can look for jobs. So it's it's how I found my job. It's how I bought my car. And, uh, two, and I, one about many years ago, you can also try strange things on Craigslist. You can try offering strange things. It's the best place to try strange things with strangers. (laughs) Anyways, I made a post that said I was looking for a poetry exchange and I got a response from, I don't even remember his name now. We're going to call him Mr. Kelt. Because something about him was Celtic. I don't think it was his actual ancestry. I think maybe he just fancied himself a Celt. Anyways, Mr. Celt gets back to me. And we start exchanging poetry through emails. And at the time, I was traveling quite a bit. And every few days, I would send Mr. Celt a poem. And he would send me back some really lovely like acceptance and thoughts and sometimes a poem of his own it was just like I think he gave me a few biographical details like it was about my dad's age and and used to own a restaurant I think that's about all I remember and uh this exchange continued for maybe a few months and then and it was so like heartwarming to me it was like having a a companion almost like a live journal on my travels 
And then I got back to the area where, you know, the Craigslist ad was located. So our, you know, both of our home areas. And then we tried to meet up in person. (laughs) And he walked in to the coffee shop where we were meeting. And I could smell him. And he smelled like, sort of like my grandpa, but worse. And he was wearing socks and sandals, which is sort of like a classic faux pas that you can only pull off if you're really doing it a certain way. And he was not pulling it off. And I, like my spidey sense from all that customer service was like, I don't like this guy. I I don't even want to talk to him. Like, get out. (laughs) But I knew that I'd had this like really enjoyable email poetry exchange for a few months. Yeah. So we tried to talk a little bit. And then we said goodbye and we never spoke again. Because I guess that friendship was meant to be just a few emails. Or even not meant to be, but like only could withstand an email format. So I say this because not every connection is supposed to be the same. Or or can go, some can go extremely deep. And some, some don't. And they're all mysterious and beautiful and you don't know at the beginning with that little spark of connection where it's going to go I love that feeling of like hmm, I wonder I wonder what's going to happen here and yes and okay two more I was painting a house all day and I was in a city after not being living in a city for a long time and I wanted to go dancing and I went out, took myself out for dinner after the long day of painting, like maybe 8.30 at night or so. It was a summer night though, so it wasn't dark yet. And I remember walking around and feeling, sometimes it feels a bit more like life is a movie and the soundtrack is just right and like somebody's got the lighting right and the costuming's great and you're just like damn this is a good scene like I was in one of those except for I thought man this would be an even better scene if I was holding somebody's hand and and then I ordered a little like chicken pot pie and I sat down outside and there was this guy in his mountain bike at another table. He'd ordered a burger from the next place over. And he smiled at me. And I smiled back and I said, hey, how was your day? He's like, actually, I'm really sore. I just had the best day ever. And I'm like, hey, well, you want to join me? Because as a woman, I know that the man has the disadvantage of being able to initiate conversation. So I kind of take it upon myself slightly more. I said, hey, do you want to join me? So he moved his burger over to my table. We got to talking. And it was like, it's funny. The feeling that's coming to mind now is like Winnie the Pooh. Like as if there was an an innocence and a comfort and like excitement all together. And... We ended up spending all evening together and walking around the town holding hands 
you know, there was a few conversations before the holding hands, but we were probably holding hands within an hour and a half of meeting easily. And, and I was like, damn, the movie just got way better. Like, I was just so thrilled. And then I still wanted to go dancing. <laughs> and he was in his mountain bike gear. And I was in my, like, yoga pants and a cute shirt. And I didn't know the town, and he did. And I'm like, where do you go dancing? And he listed off a few names, which meant nothing to me. And I so I picked one. Turns out I picked the fanciest spot. <laughs> so we go into this bar, and, like, they almost don't let us in because we're not wearing the right clothes. But it's, you know mountain bike zone so it's kind of okay and yeah we just danced for like maybe half an hour I think we paid a ridiculous like eight or ten dollar cover charge danced for half hour ordered water and and I just felt like everybody was watching us because the spark of you know in that case I think it was Sometimes sparks are what I would call mutual projection. Like you're both looking for something. And then as soon as you find the other person, you assume they are what you're looking for because enough of it matches. And then you, you project almost like a projector screen, your image onto them. And then you're amazed because you're like, wow, I found what I was looking for, which is a remarkably great feeling and can be super fun to play with. But it's also worth warning about because you may fall in love with your projection, not with the thing that's actually behind the, the image, which is what happened in that case. And we both recovered. And again, I'm immensely grateful for the role he played for the short time he was there because I needed somebody to be innocent and loving and kind and um, help to rescue me from complications. And there was such a simplicity to him that I'm extremely grateful for. The last one, it's one of the shortest encounters. And it was in Mexico with, I believe he was American and his name was Todd and he was in his sixties and he has the most gorgeous yoga-ish body I've ever seen on a 60-something-year-old. Like, I just couldn't take my eyes off this guy. I was like, wow, like, I want to age like that. You look so fucking good. And I'm just, like, trying to eat my, I don't know, mango porridge or something. They don't serve porridge in Mexico. It was some sort of fruit dish. And I can't take my eyes off this guy sitting on the couch. Like, Wow. And some, I think I saw, I'm not sure if I said hi the first time or the second time because we both frequented the same place. Anyways, I ended up just going up and saying hi because I'm like, I can't resist. I need to talk to this man. <laughs> and bless his mystical heart. He was like, it was like almost like he'd come from some other dimension. The way he spoke, the way he looked. I was like, this guy has been on some like enlightenment trip for way longer than me and he had this like serenity and like calmness and like as if he'd figured out how to move through the universe and maybe he was on some other different time continuum I'm not sure 
I can still feel that amazement and the inspiration of seeing him and wanting to become in some way like that. And we talked about writing because I was working on a writing project and so was he. And he gave me one sentence, one sentence that remains with me and is going to shape my creativity, still does. And it's so good. It's so good I'm not even going to tell you because some things that are really good, you just got to keep in your own little stash. Just noticed I got ink all over my face as I was holding up my pen. (laughs) Anyways, um, yeah. So you might give somebody one sentence. You might give them a nine-month adventure. You might give them an eight-year friendship. You might give them a place to live. You might give them a wonderful job. You might allow them to fall in love with a place. You might just write them something inspiring. You might be a confidant over an electronic means. You might be all sorts of things to people that you just met in an instant of following a spark. At least that's how it's been for me. And I hope that these stories inspire you, maybe make you laugh, to notice. Notice that potential. And not in a pushy way. You don't want to make an opportunity where there isn't one. This is not about being pushy. It's just about being a little bit open-hearted to the possibilities. And this feels like magic to me, this spark that can happen between people. And and then what, what can become of it? And... I noticed that it's strange, this podcasting format, because I don't know who you are. It's like I'm sending out a connection, and I'm not entirely sure who's listening, which is a new way for me to make connection. So if you'd like to say hi back, I would be thrilled. And I'm really glad you listened, whoever you are. But I would like to know who you are. So there's a few ways to be in touch. You can come find me on Instagram at magicforrealists. You can check out the Magic for Realists website. Pretty simple. Magicforrealists.com And no, it's .ca. What am I saying? Sorry. Magicforrealists.ca And what else? Oh yeah. Anyways, you can be in touch those ways. And if you enjoyed the show, there's a few things you could do that I would really appreciate as thanks. One is to rate and review it on whatever podcast player you're listening to it on. If you subscribe to the show, that would be excellent, and you'll automatically get the next episodes, which are coming out every week as my goal. Also, I've started a Patreon account. Patreon is a way for people who enjoy art to subscribe and ongoingly support the artists behind it. So at patreon.com slash magic for realists for $4 a month, you can become a subscriber. I send you an extra little thank you and you'll get some bonus content as I make other things for insiders. And I would really appreciate that. There's a few different levels of subscription depending on how, depending on your situation and how much you want to tangibly clap is how I like to think of. It's like if you would clap at the end of this, then you can clap with coins And I appreciate that. And if there's any other realists in your life that you feel could use a little magic, I'd be delighted if you shared this with them. 
So I hope that this has inspired you to notice those sparks with strangers in your life who may become friends, lovers, connections, good stories, poetry, may become more of the magic of the real world. Enjoy. Enjoy.